Anyone claiming that America's economy is in decline is peddling fiction. I've abandoned free market principles to save the free market system. But we have to pass the bill so that you can uh, find out what is in it. Raising the debt ceiling does not increase our debt. It does not somehow promote profligacy. I know words. I have the best words. Nobody knows the system better than me, which is why I alone can fix it. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Peddling Fiction Podcast. I'm your host, the voice and soul of so-called fiction, Johnny Profita, and back with me, sporting my rival football team's sweatshirt, the Green Bay Packers, for some reason, is Justin Hillbilly Boy Campbell. Explain yourself. I've been a Packers fan since I was a kid, huh? Aren't you from fucking Kentucky or some shit? Yeah, but we didn't have a team around here. The the and you're in Indiana Rams. right now, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. I say we we had the Rams and the Titans, but those were both like move-in teams. And uh, I don't know for some reason we weren't we weren't Colts fans in my house or my uh, my family's household. So I was a Packers fan. Not even during the the Peyton Manning days. No, Peyton, Peyton went to Tennessee. Peyton. We were we we're from Kentucky. <laughs> uh, well, I was telling you, I haven't been following any football all year, and couldn't care any less. The only uh, the only thing I did was log into my gambling account that I hadn't touched in years to try to collect my fucking winnings from a Super Bowl like a couple years ago. Of course, you got to get paid in Bitcoin. And I do want to talk about some crypto stuff. There's been some developments in the crypto community recently. We're still dealing with the fallout from the Bankman Freed uh, FTX collapse. And just every time I transact in these cryptocurrencies, I'm less and less impressed with what everybody's talking about. Um, just to give you a little teaser, uh, the the payout, um, they charged me like uh, basically 70, 70 some odd dollar fee to transfer these Bitcoins. It's pretty substantial. I mean, that's almost the 20% fee from what I was actually collecting. And I just, I don't see the utility in a lot. I know most people use uh, Bitcoin Cash to do things like that. But yeah, I, I, I don't know. There's just so many fucking issues plaguing the crypto community. And the uh, the charts look terrible. But anyway, yeah. Um, so I don't care if you're rooting for, uh, what's his name? Aaron Rodgers or... I've come to like him a lot more over the years, especially now that I'm not watching him like kick the shit out of the bears every weekend. <laughs> it uh, say so think whatever you want to about Aaron Rodgers. He has come out as pretty based as far as uh, some of his takes on stuff goes over the last couple of years, especially where the <laughs> the the vaccine and all of that was concerned. Like yeah, he. Whether he's getting good information or not, and uh, high on ayahuasca, he at least seems to be on the side of it's your body, you make your own choice about it. Yeah, him and like Cole Beasley were the only two guys that I remember hearing. And I, I got, I, admittedly, I don't follow the NFL very closely, but like even not following it, they were making headlines like across this whole, this whole time. And uh, so, yeah. And he's pretty fucking good. I gotta admit, he's a fucking really good quarterback. Not not so much this year, but yeah, he yeah. has been. Well, it's probably because he's unvaccinated. It's throwing his uh, his skills off. <laughs> uh, have there been you any know, like 
Have there been any football players that have just dropped on the field, like the soccer players? Uh, not, not like big names, not notable ones. Mm-hmm. But there have been, um, there have been an unusual number, especially given given the kind of shape that they keep their bodies in. Like I know people think that, you know. Football players, oh, they're huge, three hundred pound, like gigantic people. They're that's uh, that's not three hundred pounds of out of shape, fatty people. Like they're, uh, we we actually talked about this on the on the sports show that I do uh, last week. Like these are a different breed of human being. You know, like you're talking about guys that are six two, six three, three hundred twenty pounds, and can run a five second 40 like the yeah they're fucking free people who are non-athletes <laughs> people who are non-athletes that think like you know a 300 pounder running 40 yards in five seconds is slow see that human being coming at you yeah. at that speed and tell me how slow that is like that yeah this they're, isn't they're like fast. this a, isn't football like 40 years ago these are like fucking freak athletes now even the ones that appear to be morbidly obese it's it's so funny every time you see one of them next to like a normal sized human being like if the kicker comes out or something that's when or like the referee that's when you see like holy shit dude these guys are monsters and if you've ever stood well you're a pretty fucking tall guy but like me next to one of these things it's unbelievable that we're the same fucking breed of of human being when i was uh when i was a freshman at mississippi state I had an English class with the starting nose tackle for the football team. And he and I sat next to each other. And I'm 6'5", and at the time I weighed like 170. And he was about 6'3", and weighed 330. I mean, he literally was three of me. I, you, It's it's almost impossible to fathom, like, the size of these people. Yeah. And, uh, what are they? They're eating, like, small children for fucking meals. Right? But at the same time, like, there was nothing fat about this dude. Like, at 330 pounds, he was solid. Like, yeah. he was not squishy in any way. And, uh, like, that's when people who have trained their body to be at peak physical form like that are dropping dead for no apparent reason there's a pretty apparent reason yeah i mean it's there's only really one other variable that changed over the last couple of years that could possibly explain this sort of thing and uh senator ron johnson held a um a hearing on this this, this was last week. I know we teased it last week. I can't remember exactly when the hearing was. But he had a, a bunch of um, testimony of people that had severe side effects from these vaccines. He had doctors testifying that they're seeing an increase in patients, young, healthy patients coming in with, you know, myocarditis and, and things like that. Did this get any news coverage in the um in the corporate press none whatsoever and this isn't the first one of these that ron johnson has done and he's uh the previous ones he's had to go on rumble with them because youtube takes it down like it doesn't matter it doesn't matter that there are actually medical professionals who are not just like talking about their opinion but are bringing large-scale studies and stuff like that to the table and saying look this is what's actually going on and they they remove it so like this stuff has gotten no fanfare no attention whatsoever you know um talking about the there's only really two possible variables that could come into play it's either the vaccine itself or covid itself there's one of the studies uh which I'll I'll pull it up for those who are watching. There you go. Beautiful. It's from Dr. Eli David. A large-scale Israeli study of 196,992 unvaccinated adults after COVID infection showed that the COVID infection was not associated with either myocarditis or pericarditis. 
they checked checked almost two hundred thousand unvaccinated people who got COVID, and there was no myocarditis or pericarditis for either. This is almost exclusively coming from people who are vaccinated. So, like yeah, they, that's so that just that number right there, a hundred and that's one hundred ninety-seven thousand essentially uh, people. That would be the biggest study that I've seen, <laughs> like of particularly of any of the ones that the corporate press and the government are saying that, like, oh, we have this data; it's safe and effective. They weren't even into the thousands of people that they tested it on, let alone almost 200,000 people. Um, you know, some of these tests on the vaccine, they'd have 30, 40 people in these fucking groups. It's just like, wait, what? we got fucking 300 million people in this country and we're, uh, we're testing this on 40 adults and then we're judging it off of that. Like, and the results weren't even that good, by the way. Um, what, what is pericarditis? I'm not even sure what that is. Do you know? Uh, effectively, it's the same thing as myocarditis. It just affects the heart in a slightly different way. Okay, and more, I mean, more or less, it's more or less it's the same outcome. It's a uh, inflammation, and yeah, it's a heart failure type of a thing. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, just anecdotally, I know like some of my friends think that they had that they got myocarditis from the vaccine. Like they had like these episodes that they couldn't explain, like right after they got vaccinated and nobody I know that is unvaccinated has experienced anything like that. Uh, from well, getting That's COVID. like, that's been the crazy thing throughout all of this is that they, they keep saying like, if you, if you read the headlines, they keep saying that all of these things that, seem to be happening to vaccinated people are side effects of COVID itself. But there's not a there's not an increased rate of these things happening in largely unvaccinated. Which would be the control group. So like, yeah, you can't if you're just looking at vaccinated people, there's no way to differentiate between whether or not it was caused by COVID or caused by the vaccine. But when you compare those people to, say, 200,000 unvaccinated people that have had COVID multiple times, you get a, you get a much clearer answer. <laughs> oh, man, it really is just a goddamn shame what what they've been able to do with this. And um, I, I don't know, do we have any more data from that uh, from that hearing that he put on any more compelling stuff that you can pull up on the screen there? Let me see. Uh, there's a whole. There's so much information, and I sent you the link for the article that I've been looking at this from. And I'm, I would highly recommend anybody who's like curious about some of this stuff to to go pull up. Um, it's from Children'sHealthDefense.org. Yeah. Let's see. We've got well, just um, right there, like the life insurance policies. You know, they're seeing a forty percent jump. And people 18 to 64 dying. <laughs> like, oh, okay. Um, how do you explain that? Yeah, all cause mortality rates have gone through the roof uh over over the last year and a half. And yeah. like that's the thing that that's the thing that people aren't looking at, I guess, or aren't looking at in the correct way. Like when when you looked at just 2020 and COVID alone as being like your baseline of uh, like 2020, COVID happens, and so if COVID is this like horrifyingly deadly thing, then you should see all cause mortality rates go up because everybody's going to be dying at a higher rate because of COVID. Except that that didn't happen year over year. Like if you look at 17, 18, 19, 20, the all-cause mortality rates stayed relatively flat. Then into 2021 and now 2022, this is when you start to see the all-cause mortality rate start to climb and, and not just like tick up a little bit, like shoot through the roof in some age demographics, especially 
uh, young men in the like 15 to 34 age range, I think it is like males 18 or yeah, males eight, 15 to 34 are like the highest at risk right now of increased mortality. And it's almost across the board vaccinated. Like, and that like that's where you're seeing the increase. And and it doesn't get any like the CDC is releasing the data and nobody talks nobody about talks it. About they, it. They, yeah, it's it's fucking criminal just that they're ignoring these things. And by the way, that's like our the biggest portion of our audience is not 15 to 34, but like 22 to like 34, 22 to 45, something like that. They're killing off our fucking audience, man. But I mean, yeah, look at some of the people in the United Kingdom are dying at a rate of 26% higher than unvaccinated. Yeah. And it's like, you know, like I said, this, there's a whole lot of data and information in this. um, Yeah. I'll, I'll try to, I'll, I'll try to remember to link to this in the description for the episode because it, it's a long article and there's a lot of stuff in here. But I mean, that that's one of the reasons why some of these European countries are not recommending the vaccines for young people. I mean, I guess they're still recommending if like you're old and you have multiple, um, you know, comorbidities or whatever. But for young people, they are not recommending it. And then you contrast that with, our government and the U.S., which, you know, all of these fucking um, big pharma companies are based and um, lobbying uh, Congress and everything like that. I mean, I couldn't imagine how much they're spending on lobbying the, these last couple of years. But the FDA just came out a few days ago and they have officially uh, determined that it's safe and effective and recommended to vaccinate children as young as six months old. Now, this is the thing that we've been waiting for this last shoe to drop. Um, You know, they did it for like children, like five, and then we knew that they were looking at um, six-month-olds, which to me is just, I mean, I thought five-year-olds was like fucking, like five to 11 was insane because they are at zero risk of COVID, statistically speaking. Like, it's just not a problem for them. And we're starting to see a lot of this data coming out now that these people, now that more and more people have been taking these vaccines and we've had time to look at the effects of them, that they're not as uh, safe nor effective as we thought. But they just keep approving it for younger and younger people who uh, uh, a six month old bait, like, what was that, like this big? <laughs> Like this little thing you're going to fucking stick these experimental th- uh, gene therapy treatments into for what, for what they're at no risk of anything. And now w- once the, once the FDA comes out, because this is how the, the government operates, right? They get one agency of authority to come out and say, this is okay. And then all the other agencies can say like, Hey, the FDA has approved this or the CDC says this. So we we feel comfortable implementing it. So now all the government schools are going to be like, well, your kid has to be fucking vaccinated if you want him to come to preschool. That's the thing is the, the, and see, we were called conspiracy theorists for saying this, but that's the thing. They want to put this on the vaccine schedule. They want it to be one of the, you know, measles, mumps, rubella, and then COVID. Like they want this to be included with all the other huge panel of vaccines that your child is required to get at six, you know, at six months old. Uh, what what was it? The doctor that had talked about how um, six months old are required to get like the hepatitis B vaccine. Like no no way humanly possible that a child that age could contract hepatitis B, but it's on the vaccine schedule. Like right. why? What, you know, I mean, well, if I was a fucking heartless sociopath that worked for one of these big pharma companies, I would want all of my fucking drugs to be mandated to everybody. And I would lobby the fucking government to get that done. You can spend untold amounts of money on this because on the back end, you're going to fucking crush it. Every six month old, 
born in the U.S. in perpetuity has to fucking take this vaccine now? I, I mean, Jesus and what happened Christ. to the what happened to the fucking anti-vax left three years ago? Being anti-vaccine and not vaccinating your kids—that was a popular, normal, smiled-upon thing. That was a good thing. Questioning big pharma was the way to go. There yeah. were there were measles outbreaks in in elementary schools because people weren't vaccinating their kids. There was a there's a measles outbreak in the NHL because of unvaccinated NHL players and like a, a few years yeah, ago. Like not, not getting these scheduled vaccines was a good thing up until November of 2020. And okay. well, and so they were you able to, to paint. Yeah. What they did was they pointed to like the you know the crazy right-wing extremists and they said do you really want to align yourself with these like nazi conspiracy theorists these white supremacists and and that shuts them up like immediately it's like all right i mean they may they might still believe it but they're not really talking about it and there's you know i meet a lot of people out here uh in mexico you know, especially like around Sayulita and stuff like that. They're really, you know, granola e people that are really, you know, into health and nature and natural solutions to everything. And they they still feel the same way about vaccines. But th those aren't the people that would really speak out against uh, big pharma and things like that. But I think, yeah, being able to um, lump everybody in with these these people that they have completely demonized effectively through the you know one of the largest propaganda campaigns ever in history and yeah that gets that gets the people to shut up just like they were able to do with the the anti-war left you know well so that's talking about all of this um and i know i teased it last week like here last week of december i've got two episodes coming out that are focused around the medical side of stuff hmm. and the second one that week is uh, it'll be on December 28th, and it looks at evidence-based medicine and the way that that like the evidence is actually collected and the way that these decisions are being made. And uh, evidence-based medicine is like the biggest farce of like medical practice imaginable. Like what the way that the studies are conducted and actually being done the way the peer review process works the way fda approvals work like it is such a fucking joke and but like the uneducated like um sheep basically they don't know any of that and they don't want to know they they think that peer reviewed and fda approved and all of these bullshit sayings actually um, actually mean something actually have any weight actually like mean that it's safe and effective when it's really just manipulated to the point that they got the result they wanted so that they could sell you on something that probably isn't what they say yeah I could understand before, you know, pre 2020 being one of those people that you just like, you see these studies come out and you're like, okay, they like studied it and they know what they're doing. They're fucking doctors and scientists. And we all went through high school where they showed us, you know, the, the scientific method and how to fucking do these things. And you assume that they're, you know, they're coming out with like legitimate studies and then when you actually started when i started looking into the way that they were like approving mat like the mask mandates based on these studies and it's like wait a minute you just cut a hole in like a fucking in in between two mice and put a mask over it and that's how you're like that's how you're testing this and, and you can make it sound so sophisticated when you just talk about like the results that you got and you don't actually talk about the method behind getting those results. And then, yeah, the the level of corruption in these bureaucracies and everything like that. It it really is incredible. I think after 2020, you have no fucking excuse. You're just burying your head in the sand, refusing to uh, you know admit that maybe you were wrong and maybe you need to look into these things a little more. Before then, I, I could kind of understand why people didn't obsess about whether or not these were legitimate studies. I mean, that makes sense to me because it didn't really uh, 
um, affect a lot of people's day to day. I guess if you have kids and you're considering vaccinating them and everything, you should, you might want to look into these things a little in more detail, but for like, you know, like a 20 year old or whatever, I don't know. One, that's the, that's the crazy thing about all of this is like this, uh, censorship and canceling of doctors who are willing to talk about the actual research, the actual data, the actual studies. Uh, I, I want to say it was in either Washington state or Oregon. There was a doctor that parents were taking their kids to him when it was like vaccination time because he would present all of the actual data. He would say, he would show you like, this is the schedule of vaccines. This is what's actually in all of them. Like these are the these are the ingredients. These are the things that are in them. This is what those ingredients actually are. Like show you what you know what these things are comprised of. This is a list of the potential side effects from all of these different chemicals that are being pumped into these things. And then he would give you the option: Do you want to have your kid vaccinated or not? And if you did, then he would go through with it, but he was giving you all of the information and all of your options. And they stripped him of his medical license. Like he's not, he's not allowed to practice medicine anymore because he told the truth. That's it. Right. And it's just amazing that we don't even have like debates on that. Like I, I see all kinds of debates going on, you know, at the Soho forum and things like that, where we're debating these topics and there's, I mean, there's one side that clearly wants to have this argument and have it out. And there's another side that just apparently wants nothing to do with it. They duck them at every fucking turn. And then they use authority, uh, people in positions of authority to silence the, the critics. Like, why can't we just fucking hash it out? If you really have the data on your side and you didn't just come up with this bullshit fucking uh, reverse engineered study to get the results that you were looking for, why not have a fucking huge debate on it? And I think, to, you know, to ask that question is to answer it. I mean, it's pretty obvious why they why they're fucking ducking everybody and just silencing their critics rather than confronting them. I mean, if you have the fucking facts and the truth on your side, you want the fight. And if you don't, if you're, you know, if you're clearly lying about this or, or something nefarious is going on, then you duck them then you duck them. And that's why like libertarians always want to debate and all these fucking statists never want to because we have the fucking truth on our side in the arena of ideas. We cannot be defeated and nobody wants to fucking talk about it. It's the reason that it's the reason that they remove everything instead of actually refute it because there is no refutation to the information that's being presented. Like that was yeah. the argument that like Dr. J. Bhattacharya and a bunch of the others with the Great Barrington Declaration were talking about whenever they were getting canceled from literally everything was let's have the conversation. Let's yeah. have the debate. Prove, if prove you can wrong. Yeah. If you can prove us wrong, then we're wrong. Like they're they're doctors, they're scientists, they're willing to be wrong. But to just silence them because you don't like it and to offer no refutation, that's you don't win by Behind just not hearing the other person out in the argument. Right. Yeah. I mean, in the short term, you will, but then you'll start seeing all these things that maybe they were warning against. And it's like, ah, oh, shit. Now we have to cover up that story because we covered up them that we covered up the whistleblowers trying to sound the alarm beforehand. Hey guys, today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Lorenzotti Coffee. You know them well by now. They are our oldest and longest running sponsor. We love these guys. We love their premium Italian coffee that they deliver right to your door. So do yourself a favor. Get your morning started right with the taste of freedom. Go to lorenzotti.coffee and use promo code FICTION so they know I sent you. And you'll get 10% off your order. That's Lorenzotti. L-O-R-E as in Edward, N as in Nancy, Z as in Zebra, O-T-T-I dot coffee, promo code FICTION. Get all of your coffee and coffee supplies from these guys. And not only are they fans of the show, but they've gone above and beyond the call of duty as a sponsor. So go order some coffee, order an espresso machine, get a coffee grinder, do it all at Lorenzotti dot coffee, promo code FICTION. All right. So uh, speaking of, is there any chance that we're going to get the, the YouTube channel reinstated now that we've been completely vindicated? Uh, doesn't look like it. I, I've been fighting with them for 
restoring a couple videos that I had, and I keep running into the same, keep running into the same roadblock. Uh, doesn't seem like they are willing to admit defeat on any of this stuff. So, can so what if we just didn't restore all the old stuff and we just started fresh? Is that a possibility? You might could try that. Or do we uh, have to have like a, I have to get, come up with like a new email address and everything? Yeah, dupe them. I'll just call it like definitely not peddling fiction. <laughs> yeah, we can. I mean, we can start peddling peddling fiction. We can start a new one and and uh, try to get it kicked back up. But yeah, they're they seem to be doubling down on some of that stuff. Uh, actually, talking about the the medical misinformation stuff and like the doctors who get their licenses revoked just for sharing like <laughs> research right. with their patients. Uh, I did an episode a month or so ago looking at a new law that's going into place in in California where they're basically going to have like a panel, a misinformation panel that will decide whether or not you get to continue practicing medicine on if they think you're disseminating misinformation. I, I, I mean, basically you have to go before or your livelihood is in the hands of a bunch of regime talking heads who get to decide if you are towing the narrative line or not. And if you're not, then they can literally strip you of your medical license. And I did an episode on that and talked about like the, some of the stuff that the people who are heading uh, this like panel have promoted over the last two years. And this is stuff that's in the article itself. Like, this isn't stuff that I was coming up with off the top of my head. And I had the video set to private. It wasn't even available for anybody to view other than me. And it got taken down. I, I got I got a strike and it got taken down before it was even released to the public. Oh. Like, YouTube is YouTube is still pretty yeah. aggressively going after anything that does not perfectly tow the covid regime line government on propaganda line yeah I, and again it's like it's what we've always talked about why it's so dangerous to not have just complete free speech because who gets to determine what is true and what isn't and what gets out there and they're going to look to the completely compromised and corrupt government organizations who have a, a very strong vested interest in perpetuating. I mean, there's just no way at this point that they could possibly, that the FDA could be like, no, it's not safe for kids six months to five years. I mean, that wasn't even like a bold call. Of course, they're going to approve it because I mean, like they can't, the, the position that they've taken, it's impossible for them to, to start backpedaling on it right now. Well, and um, they've really backed themselves into a corner. Like initially they had the they had the kind of the scapegoat of emergency authorization and stuff like that. And I guess it's still a lot of this stuff a lot of, a lot of this stuff is still falls under an emergency authorization use. It's not a a full FDA approval per se. And there were also, I don't know if you remember, there were quite a few people on the board that made these decisions that resigned when a lot of these, so a lot of them were voting against um, approvals for vaccines and boosters. Yeah. And then a bunch of those people resigned and then it started get, and then it all like the approvals went through like that should have been a red flag to a lot of people anyway, but also like if you look at the way FDA approvals work, there's a huge level of like plausible deniability in the way they word their approvals uh like if you go look into all of the fake meats like beyond meat and um um impossible meat and some of these others mm -hmm. uh, I, I did an episode on this too <laughs> i've i've been way into this fda shit here over the last few months the way that they do their approvals on fake meats 
it doesn't have FDA approval per se. What they give it is a, you say it's good, and we're going to say that that's good enough. If something bad happens, it's on you. It's not on us. Uh, basically, like they effectively, the way a lot of these approvals go is they put the they put the liability back on the company that made it, mm-hmm. not on themselves. Like they they say you told us that it's good, so we are certifying that you said it's good, and that's good enough for moving forward with it. Yeah, like it's based not on that, the data that you gave us, everything right. is okay. Yeah. Right. Like that's, and that's the way that they do a lot of this stuff is it's not, it's not USDA or FDA approved. It's uh, FDA permitted. Yeah. Yeah. It's man. And well, the other thing is the whole licensing deal, which, you know, these licensing laws are absolutely ridiculous. It's just another tool for them to be able to control you where it's just like, all right, we can strip you of your license if you don't abide by what we tell you to do. You know, if you don't, if you don't do what we say, we'll take away your license and the license that we didn't really have um, authority to give you in the first place. You know, it's like that meme, it's like licensing when the the government uh, makes it illegal for you to exercise your rights and then and then sells it back to you or something like that. It's just like, it's exactly what this is. Um, and it's just amazing that people that aren't doing any harm would lose their license where you have like the Hippocratic Oath where it's like, first, do no harm. And these guys are saying like, hey, you know, like, I don't really like the data is not saying that these vaccines are all they're cracked up to be. I don't want to put them in you because I'm afraid it might harm you. And that gets you stripped of your license. But the other, the other thing, you know, the other scenario where clearly now we have data that these aren't risk-free at a minimum, you can't say that they're safe, uh, like a hundred percent safe. I mean, there are side effects to these. They know it, they've admitted to it. Um, they just haven't, um, uh, gotten behind a microphone and told everybody you know that they aren't as safe and effective as originally billed and so like you could potentially be doing more harm than good particularly on six month olds and you know six to eleven year old uh, six months to eleven year old kids i mean there is no risk for them there is no upside to getting these vaccines There just isn't. They don't have any. There is not one fucking study that anybody can point to that says, yeah, these benefits outweigh the risks here. I mean, there's what what is the benefit to a five year old getting a a, a covid vaccine? I mean, there's none because uh, like we've like it's been proven, it doesn't stop transmission. It doesn't stop infection. it, It doesn't do anything. And five year olds have very mild covid symptoms, if any at all. So, I, I mean, there's no upside to getting the vaccine and there's uh, some potential downside risk. And, it's, you know, it's not just like headaches and whatever. It's like your fucking heart. It's your ticker that you're putting stress on. It's unbelievable, man. God damn it. Well, and that's like and, and that demographic. Uh, granted, it's been a while since, you know, we've looked at the numbers and really dug into them. But at one point not really very early on in COVID either. Um, like for children under the age of five, it was like no deaths yeah. from COVID. Like and zero. Zero like not literally like, zero. Not statistically zero, like actually fucking zero. <laughs> zero. That's like they the this is this is a non risk factor. Like they are not at risk at all. And, and like I remember having conversations with people at the time. Um, there was like a 12 year old somewhere that got COVID and had some like really, really bad reaction and all the Like it was terrible. It's like, okay, that, that literally happened to one kid. Right. You, you, you know, uh, you can't, you can't base all of your evidence-based medicine. Can't go off of one, literally one case. Like yeah. that's not the way that's not the way that works. It, you have to have data points and you know statistical analysis, and you have to look at a, a large scale view of things. If you're doing all of your, 
if you're doing all of your policy decisions based off of one wildly extreme case, well, okay, then we should go the other way with it and say that these things should be completely outlawed because look at how many single cases there are of people who had a and uh like literally fatal reaction to the vaccine like immediately not within yeah. a couple of days but like immediately yeah i remember there was that one uh college student that one girl i forget which school it was but it was like a big news story because she dropped dead like a few days after getting the vaccine and uh, i think i was watching um Sebastian Maniscalco's new special on Netflix the other day and he was talking about getting the vaccine at like Walgreens and they tell you to like wait 15 minutes like you have to sit there and wait 15 minutes to see like what's going to happen to you <laughs> he's like what, what am I going to do here at uh at Walgreens like let's say I do start to have like a serious set they're going to call in like the fucking kid stocking shelves for like <laughs> to help me with my uh with my adverse reaction but yeah apparently after 15 minutes you're in the clear well like remember when when people were getting the covid vaccination and they were when they were actually on the news and on all of social media saying that if you got this you weren't going to get sick and then anybody who got covid within the first two weeks of getting a vaccination they just didn't count that Right. It did. It didn't count as being. You didn't count as being vaccinated if it was in the first within the first two weeks of your of having gotten your vaccine. Yeah, there's there's a little buffer zone in there. Where it's like, and it's like, of course, because the first two weeks is when all these vaccinated people start doing things. You know, they start going out. They're going to fucking places unmasked. You know, they're seeing other people. And yeah, there, a lot of them are going to get COVID in the first two weeks because you've, you, they've resumed their whole life. They're not being fucking hermits anymore. <laughs> it well, really I, like, I mean, look at look at the flu shot, just for instance. Like, um, and maybe maybe this is not typical, but my mom would get the flu shot every single year when she was a teacher. And every year, within two weeks of getting the flu shot, she would be home sick as a dog with the flu. My son got a flu shot a couple weeks ago. Last week, his ass came down with the flu. Yeah. And his his mom is one of the, like, believe, you know, trust the science types. Mm -hmm. I don't know what I was thinking. Obviously, I made poor choices in my youth. Um, so when he tested positive for the flu... I said, well, looks like that flu shot did a hell of a lot of good. Yeah. And she said, well, he got the he got uh, the flu B shot and he came down to a flu A. I was like, yeah. oh, my God, you dumb bitch. That's not the way this works. <laughs> no, not really. But they do have to guess as to which strain of the flu they think is going to be really bad this season. And that's what they primarily vaccinate against, from my understanding of it. And. Yeah. Well, and this I, year's this year's version of the flu shot is a it's a four panel. It's two different strands of flu A and two different strands of flu B, kind of built into one shot. So whether he got A or B, like you can't say that he didn't get the shot for one or the other. Like it's a it's a wide panel shot that they give, unless for some reason the, I I have my qualms with the doctor that she takes them to as well. Unless for some reason, this bimbo doctor that she takes them to exclusively gave him a flu B shot instead of giving him the standard four panel shot that everybody else is giving this year. Like, it's, why are, why I don't are know. Kids I, I have, I have a lot of problems with, I have a lot of problems with the uh, modern medicine. And if uh, in a, in a different world where I yeah. didn't have to deal with X, Y problems, my kids would not be going yeah, to the idea of giving kids flu vaccine. Like I get it if you're like 85 or something. Right. But let the kids get the fucking flu. Like just let them get it. Um, <laughs> I've, I've never at any point in my life had a flu shot. And I've also never at any point in my life had the flu. Really? I've never had the flu shot. I mean, like I, when I lived in Chicago, I would get sick like maybe once a year for like a couple days. 
Yeah, it was the flu. Like, or I, yeah, I've got like I've had sinus infections, or you know, you get a bad cold. Um, I've got a, I've got a little bit of a runny nose right now. For people who are watching the video and watch me, you know, mute myself and blow here and there. Like, yeah. I, but I'm not. I don't have flu. Like, I'm, I'm fine. Uh, after we get done recording this, I'm gonna go pour myself a bourbon and you know, do normal things. I'm not sick, <laughs> you know. Uh, I've, but I've never had the flu. Yeah. Yeah, I I mean it's it's crazy. Well, now you're seeing these stories that the the CDC is faking these flu numbers to try to entice people to take more flu vaccines. Have you looked into that at all? Yeah, so that's that's a really interesting thing that's going on. Um the flu the flu shot normally only on an average year between 40 two and 48 percent of the population actually get a flu shot and since covid that number has gone down quite a bit i think now it's possibly sub 40 or like hanging right around 40 percent uh like people generally speaking or people didn't have a high level of trust in the flu shot to begin with post covid they now have even less of a uh, even less faith in it so numbers are at a historical low for getting the flu shot, which is good. It's not, I don't, even, I don't, I don't know what it does. Um, but also we just had like two years ago where they said the flu was gone, disappeared entirely. There was no flu. Well, it was just because so, everybody was wearing their mask, Justin. Yeah. <laughs> but then when COVID spread, it was because people weren't wearing their masks. Yeah. Okay. It's impossible. That's want to pick a fucking lane here. So, so yeah, there, uh, there are rumors that these numbers are like through the roof and which you're seeing, you're seeing the same thing this year that you saw every year. Like when, uh, when throughout COVID they were talking about how the hospitals were being overwhelmed and they didn't have any rooms and blah, 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 blah. You could go back every single year and find newspaper and, uh, like news station reports were out of beds. We don't have room. We're out of beds. We don't have room like literally every year. So it's not that it was something that was unique to COVID, just like it's not something that's unique to the flu or whatever's going on now. It's this is the same report that's run every single year. It's I mean, statistically, it is, yeah. when they talk about the percentage of beds that are filled, it's almost like they run the same article every single year. Like the sti- <laughs> the statistics are almost identical. It, oh. I looked at one that was from a Dallas area hospital and I pulled up uh, statistics from 2014, 2018 and 2012. I think it was at the same time that they were like having all this stuff coming out about how they were being overwhelmed and, and the, the total number of beds being occupied and the percentage of the beds that were occupied were within a degree of, were within a degree of variance. Like, it was it was almost statistically identical for all of these different years where they're saying that they're like being overrun or overwhelmed, uh, like COVID, seasonal allergies, flu, whatever you want to call it. Like this happens. Yeah. Yeah. There's no free market when it comes to providing hospital beds. It's like there's this weird barrier to entry there that is preventing people from creating uh, hospitals and things that could provide more beds to to people that need them. Wonder where that comes from. And the, well, the the other thing is like, aren't they just doing more testing too? Like more people are getting tested for the flu, so that increases the number of people that are showing to have the flu than normal. Because everyone's like, you got to go get tested now. You got to go get tested for everything. Well, it's the same thing with COVID. You know, right. you're when you're forcing everybody to get tested every single day like and 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 also when you look at the uh, the percentage of error rate like the i can't remember what it what it was that they said exactly but like the false positive rate on some of these tests is uh, like some of them it's 50-50 and some of them it's even higher than that that you're getting a false positive like so like how much of that is just over testing. I mean, we've seen the statistics and stuff on over sanitation and how 
uh, over sanitizing surfaces and stuff like that actually created like hot spots for germs and bacteria and stuff to grow. Um, like how much of it is a similar thing to that where we're doing it so much that it's creating uh, an excessive rush of more of that than what actually exists if you just like left it alone and let things play out yeah there's definitely something there about like man interfering um in nature and and making things worse like nature does have a way of just sort of sorting these things out and yeah there's like there's rough patches that you go through when you know we are a, a adapting to to things and to scenarios and to new situations and things like that but it it seems like and i'm not just talking about in the medical field but like in nature and things like that when we you know we try to um fix some some issue that we see in nature and we intervene and then the unintended consequences of that rear their ugly head you see this with like the fit like fishing and like the deer population you start like introducing like okay we got too many deer so like let's put some wolves out there to go eat the fucking deer and it just like causes every time man intervenes in nature it fucks things up and we should probably just let nature fucking run its course have you seen that the like the exact study that was done on the wolves? Uh, I want to say, I want to say Yellowstone, but I might be wrong. It was one of the big national parks. Like there was a, there was like an active hunt from the forest patrol or what? What is it? The USDA um, shit, land management or whatever the the department that's Bureau over land management. Yeah, the department that's over the national parks and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, I want to say it was Yellowstone, but I feel like that's wrong. But it was one of the big ones where they went out and like actively hunted all of the wolves in this park to death, just completely eradicated them. And then they started to have all kinds of problems. And then they brought wolves back like 25, 30 years later and reintroduced them. And all of a sudden, all the problems that they had been having since they eradicated the wolves just went away. It was like, wow. You mean like nature kind of knows what the fuck it's doing and it you shouldn't be to trying balance to balance out it. like, right. And it's just like, it, there's always like the devil, you know, versus the devil you don't. And man, the, the cockamamie schemes that we come up with to try to control nature is just, it, it really is um, something to, to watch it all just like constantly blow up in our face. What's well, um, like the wildfire problem in California. That's, a lot of that stems from uh, mismanagement on the the environmental department's part. Yeah. To yeah, they don't the, clear the the, sh the debris and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like it's, nature kind of has a way of taking care of this stuff, and when you start fucking with the way nature works naturally, well, then nature kind of hits back. Yeah let's um there is a, there is an interesting breakthrough that scientists have made i guess we can talk about that briefly right now in the world of energy now this could be messing with nature <laughs> science a fusion reaction that generates more energy than it consumes in creating the reaction and apparently that is a big fucking deal so um yeah, let me pull up this article here. I, I don't know much about fusion energy, to be honest, but it seems like it's a, a pretty cool fucking idea that every one of these environmentalists should be on board with. I'm sure none of them have looked into it or really talked about it because it's it involves like scientists doing things and not just like harnessing wind or solar. But they basically use these um, isotopes of hydrogen, deuterium, I'm not sure what that is, and titrium, titrium, to power, uh, to power fusion plants. Can I make this any bigger? Can't read it. Um, they create this reaction, and it's achieving like a net energy gain with no, um, it, it emits no carbon, produces no long-lived radioactive waste, and a small cup of of the hydrogen fuel could theoretically power a house for hundreds of years. It's a, a pretty interesting um, 
achievement they've come up with. I guess they've been working on it since the 50s and they haven't been able to create a reaction that doesn't consume more energy than it produces. The facility produced 2.5 megajoules of energy, which is about 120% of the 2.1 megajoules of energy in the lasers that it took to create the reaction. Um, yeah, so the process involves bombarding a tiny pellet of hydrogen plasma with the world's biggest laser. <laughs> I feel like this is an Austin Powers uh, scene. Um, I, I don't know. Do you know anything about this this process at all? No, uh, yeah. I've been uh, I've been putting all my research into uh, the the actual damage that um, that green energy does to the environment. Right. The, so yeah, it sounds like this process would eliminate all of all of those issues because you can get it from uh, one of those deuterium. I, I don't know if I'm spell, I'm pronouncing that right. It's found in like seawater. And um, the other one, uh, try, I can't read it, try telium. It's, it's like a picture that I can't enlarge on here. Uh, mm -mm. But it's it sounds like it eliminates a lot of the, the issues that you get from mining all of these like fucking things to make batteries and everything like that. It should be scalable. And it, I mean, it sounds like it's still a long way away, but this is a, a major breakthrough in the scientific field if true it has to be i think the data has to be reviewed and confirmed to make sure they didn't fudge some numbers or something but anyway I mean, that's that's awesome though if they're like like i said i have been putting a lot of a lot of time into looking at the the stuff that they do to make um like just just to mine and create a usable product for copper for wind turbines and solar panels um wow like you you want to talk about something that's like environmentally detrimental the the amount of coal they have to burn to get temperatures hot enough to melt the to melt the copper down and create the strands that are uh high enough or a pure enough of quality to be used in the in the uh especially in the wind turbines like to to uh power that yeah like they're burning more coal to make the copper than what we would burn to generate twice the amount of power that the turbine is going to yeah. make like yeah it's and it fucking just nuts. it goes to show you that like and these were i guess these were government scientists that made this fusion breakthrough just probably probably why we're still decades away from anything of uh anything of substance but it's just like that that aspect worries me i was like if we want this to fucking work and we want it to be efficient like let's just get the government out of this business they they ruin everything that they touch and they're going to make it a lot more difficult um put they've been pouring I mean, who knows if this fusion thing would have taken off already if we weren't diverting all of these resources into these uh, other sustainable energy, wind and, and solar and things that are clearly not going to be the solution to the problem. Um, it, it just doesn't seem like we have the the capacity to actually utilize that stuff in, a, in an effective way. And we keep diverting, you know, hundreds of millions, billions of dollars every year into those industries when we have plenty of, you know, like nuclear and, and this fusion thing, the much more viable options that just have this um, stigma attached to it. And you, you just really don't want this sort of thing to get politicized. We, we've seen what happens with medicine when it gets politicized. We've seen what happened with education when it gets politicized. We're watching what's happening with the economy and the monetary system when it gets politicized. I mean, they destroy everything that they fucking touch. They're a cancer. And I guess we only have a few more minutes here. So speaking of the monetary system, I just want to touch on some of this this crypto stuff really quickly that we've been the the FTX uh Sam Bankman Freed saga continues. This guy is still being like paraded around like he's not some sort of fucking 
complete crook, which I'm pretty sure he is in my opinion. Um, but yeah, he's still getting like a lot of respect from the corporate press and everything. And the, the fallout from this is, is definitely not contained. This seems to be sort of like the, the 2008 financial crisis where they're like, oh yeah, subprime is contained. And like, this is just the, you know, all of these, these crypto exchanges seem to be fucking leveraged to the hilt. I mean, like any, any crypto uh, company or exchange that was providing you with like some sort of return, you know, they were promising, some of these were promising like 10%, 13% return or something. They are loaning out your fucking Bitcoins and your, your currency to other people. Like they are leveraged to the fucking hilt and that's how they're able to provide the return. That's the only way that they could do it. And when the price collapsed, these, um, you know, the, the tide goes out and you see that none of these companies had any clothes on. Um, we're starting to see more and more of that. I mean, a few of them ha had already collapsed before FTX. And now there's questions about uh, Binance, Binance. I don't know how people fucking pronounce it, but they're, they're a huge exchange that are claiming to have one-to-one -one reserves. And there's people are raising questions now about their practices. They're, they're claiming that they were audited by this one company and people are raising questions about the, the way that they were audited the um the uh the company that did the audit are, are not um backing the claims that Binance is 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 um putting forth there's just uh, there's a lot of risk in these cryptos right now on these exchanges in particular i mean you know in the in the hardcore crypto community they always say you know not your um not your wallet not your coins so if you do have crypto on these exchanges, uh, you could find yourself in a very vulnerable position because a lot of these exchanges, it turn it looks like they are just complete fucking bullshit. They they don't have your money on there. They don't. And when you, you know, when they get exposed, you have a very short amount of time to try to get your money off of these things before it's just gone. Or, you know, SBF goes through the back door and steals the remaining couple hundred million and goes off to fucking the Bahamas or some shit. When his, his girlfriend was like confirmed in the States and they weren't doing anything to pursue her or, or arrest her or anything like it. And we, I think we need to uh, like, we can kind of wrap on this, but I think like something we need to look into is there've been a lot of speaking of Bahamas, there've been a lot of um, these crypto managers and stuff like that that like run some of these exchanges and and uh have a lot of money that have and like young influential types that have been turning up dead like uh in puerto rico and places like that like just and yeah one that, of them, i've seen some of those headlines those are weird yeah and and dude all of these companies are like fucking connected you know because there were so few people i think with that were like huge whales in Bitcoin and they had such a vested interest in all of these companies survive. Like the only way that they were able to get Bitcoin up to 69,000 was by leveraging these fucking positions and making sure none of these exchanges, every time they had a problem, some whale would step in and sort of backstop it and loan them something. And like this fucking game that they were playing, it's just, you know, it's like a musical chairs or hot potatoes. It's like completely fucking falling apart now. And if you look at the charts of these cryptos, they just, I mean, they have like a huge drop and then it looks like they're putting in a floor and people are like, okay, yeah, the floor is in. And then you get the next leg down and then it, it you know, it stabilizes for a little bit and then the next leg down and we are, we're still below 20,000 now on Bitcoin. It's like hanging around between 16, you know, uh, low 16, upper 16,000s. That seems to be the floor again. And people are like, yeah, I'm going to come back in. I'm going to start buying. And I don't know, man, I would be very, very fucking nervous about a lot of these crypto positions. And just over the last uh, few weeks, a uh, week or so, I've been actually using these things a lot more. And not only is it a colossal pain in the ass to try to get this shit done, it is expensive. Like I was saying, I, I, I was just I took my fucking winnings in Bitcoin and they took like a 14% fucking cut from it. It's like, wow. Uh, okay. That sucks. 
And then I'm sure, you know, if I were to put it on another exchange, there's like an exchange rate there. There's a, you know, you'll lose some of it if you put it onto this exchange or that exchange. It's just, I, I don't know, man. It it doesn't seem very workable from my, from what I've done with it so far. Um, it has not worked out too well. So anyway, maybe we can, uh, you know, follow up like that in more detail because we're running out of time here. We got to wrap. You got anything you need to plug? No, not that I can think of. Yeah. Not today. All right. Yeah, I'll be uh, traveling this week. So um, I'll probably put out that episode with Mikkel Thorpe later this week. And then we can hopefully resume our schedule the following week. I do apologize about the the Friday night happy hour. I forgot to address that. Uh, something came up last minute. I don't know if you even noticed because you were working. But uh, yeah, that didn't, uh, that didn't materialize. So I will try to do a makeup one of those as soon as possible. And then um, I will be putting out a very special announcement for the future of this show, probably later today or tonight or something like that. So until then, guys, you know what to do. Just keep on peddling that so-called fiction. Peace.